No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome, everybody, to Locked On iRacing for February. We're on February 16th, so mid-February 2024. I'm Peter Wilco-Wilkinson, and you are joined tonight by Dylan Bazzini. We call him Buzz. You can call him whatever you want. How are you, mate? I'm good, Wilco. How are you going today? Excellent. You've been racing with me, so we've got a lot of stuff to talk about when we get to our What's Been Racing section. Uh, we're also joined by Braden, but he's left the room just momentarily. Nah, nah, I'm, here. I'm here. You're here? How are you, Braden? Good, good. Just open the door for the dog so he doesn't bark. <laughs> I was I was always here. No, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Hey, I'm good. I just didn't know whether to throw to you because I physically couldn't <laughs> see you. So I'm like, oh, I'll just, we'll just talk about it anyway. Uh, quickly, I just want to talk about the content that you've been getting from us. It was a, a first episode. Then there was a break for a while. Uh, there were some promises made in that first episode that haven't been delivered on. Uh, that is me. I don't think what we talked about in that first episode is going to fit into my life and our life. Uh, but what I've found is a fairly good little um, setup at the moment where we can do an episode like this where it's the more traditional Locked On iRacing episode where we can talk about the updates, we can talk about what we've been racing we can talk about all the cool stuff that's come up. We can probably talk about your questions and stuff like that. It's a more structured episode. No results because I just we just don't have time to to do that. Uh, we are not a professional outfit. We are not getting paid for this. We are just doing this out of the fun of our own heart. Uh, even when we're getting other people to do it for us, it's still a lot of editing and, and, and organizing and, and deadlines and stuff like that. So the compromise I've found is uh, the smaller episodes, which you've heard, which weren't really smaller episodes, uh, Mike and really chat uh was supposed to be a little 20 minute catch up about the osr 24 or 24 i'm, I'm getting in his head already uh the 12 hour from bathurst uh, just a bit of a rundown with that with him which we i found worked really well and had really good feedback from and obviously the shipbox rally uh update number one so you'll be getting a few more of those um i've already had a couple of people who have said they are keen to go so uh it'll just be me and that person just having a bit of a chat uh for about 20 minutes half an hour uh, if it's like Mike, 40 minutes, uh, just thrown in there every now and then when they're needed, and then you'll get probably one to two of these a season, maybe three of these a season. We'll see how we go. But we obviously had the development update dev blog uh, that dropped. Uh, it took us all about 45 hours to read, but there's some really good content in there. So we figured now's the time to jump on and do a end of season one 2024 episode, and I think we'll come back early in march for a um start of season two 2024 sort of recap and, and where the patches come and, and what we're at uh brayden does that sound like a pretty good idea yeah maybe the first episode back can be a how much sr have you lost podcast because i'm sure <laughs> with the introduction of rain that we'll get to later uh we might be all a little bit lighter in the sr pockets yeah, but it it might only be in one version of the car now. It won't be all over in the I rating. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, kind of thing. The word for the night will be moist. Uh, so have a drink every time we say the word or whatever you want to do. Uh, but there, and the other one is Tempest, uh, because that is going to be mentioned a few times tonight as well. Uh, but that's where we're at. That's where the podcast is. Uh, people are happy we're getting some content out, which is better than none. And um, I think this is going to be a pretty good fit for 
where we are at the moment. So let's get into it straight away. What we've been racing is what we generally go to first, and that's what we're going to do. I know what I've been doing. I know what Buzz has been doing. Brayden, we, we get you every now and then at the moment. Things haven't quite lined up, um, but we always make fun about you driving for other teams at the moment, but you are practicing at the moment for the Bathurst 12 hour. Uh, how's that going? Um, it's going. <laughs> that's probably You're driving a Ferrari for, for Tech One. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, the two little sort of half practices I've had a go at, I've been just about ready to tell them I'm probably not going to be ready. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the plan to next weekend do the um, official 12-hour with Julian and it looks like Aiden um, over, over at Tech One. So uh, you guys jumped in and did the OSR Bathurst 12-hour and I just wasn't really available at the time, start of the year for work and Didn't stuff. have a um, racing <laughs> subscription at that stage, I believe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fraudulent behavior for someone on an iRacing <laughs> podcast, right? Um, that is it. Yeah, just like, I don't know. They kept reminding me that it was coming up. I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. And then I just got I'll so busy. I'll get to it that, later. Yeah. Um, and then just got He's so busy. He's resting on his that talent. That's the thing. He's just got, I've got that much talent I don't need to practice. Isn't that right? You could just well, be the mathematician, mate, for the for the team. That that's what you were for us. So just go in there. Do you look in iRacing? You've only got to do about 20, 20 laps and or fifteen laps, and you've you've made your requirements. So you'll be fine. I tell you what, I don't know what's going to be more stressful: actually driving in the twelve hour or having to spot and do strategy for you blokes. Because <laughs> that was certainly stressful. I was laying on the couch and hearing Cal and Buzzer argue over numbers and neither of them are even close to being right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to get on Discord and step in. Yeah, well, apologies you, for that. I'll you try. try and do the math when you're getting handed by GT3s. Yeah, we'll get onto that in a sec. I had to leave the room, which probably wasn't the best time for me to leave the room, but um, I needed more brownie points. So mm-hmm. I did that and left left two capable adults to themselves and i i was wrong barely so, capable wilco barely yeah. capable yes it's, it's it's like my kids when i leave them alone in a room they just all hell breaks loose so that's what i did and Braden luckily saved the day um but we'll get on the we'll get on the osr why not that's that's the thing me and buzz did we we drove a gt4 uh took up real estate on a track um that we probably shouldn't have, or we've been told we probably shouldn't have, if you listen to comments in, in a certain Discord. But I think we did a pretty good job of driving a GT4 around the, the Bathurst, uh, the Bathurst, around Bathurst itself for 12 hours uh, with the likes of that field buzz. The the field in OSR was absolutely insane, uh, and we were part of it, which is, which is a feat in itself. But, yeah, how did you find the OSR 12-hour? I really enjoyed it, Wilco. Um, it was first time doing a special event with OSR itself. Um, and that the field was pretty stacked in definitely in the GT3s, but also there was quite a few really good drivers in the GT4 class as well. And I think our accomplishment of getting through the whole race pretty much unscathed was pretty good for our go get a sort of team so i was i i had a really good day and um you know didn't mind getting dive bombed every every bloody 15 um minutes or so but no it was good i enjoyed it and 
you know, hopefully we can do it again next year or whatnot. So how did you find it? Look, I really enjoyed uh, it. It's my third Bathurst 12 hour. I've done one with Braden, one in, with the team alongside Braden, and then uh, this one, but this is the first league version of one with OSR. And I enjoyed it much more than I did the officials, which is not hard to do, I guess, when, especially when you look at our last two attempts where silly things have happened and caused us to sit in a garage for 45 minutes waiting for a car to repair and um, sort of ruining your whole race and, and never really being in the hunt outside of the first probably hour or, or two. And at least this time we were, we were never going to win the race and we were never going to podium, but we were always not far off the lead lap, um, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, we fought hard and probably should have been on the lead lap if it wasn't for the stupidity of where the pace car hit the track compared to the GT4 leaders um, because they'd pick up the GT3 leader and let the GT4 leader through and then everyone would have to get their lap back on that GT4 that got let through but we would never get our lap back that we got down um, the whole race. It seemed like we, unless you got back-to-back safety cars, which we did once, um, but then we were, things just happened and, we went in with, I think we were underprepared overall. I'd only, say we were very underprepared. <laughs> but we, we, we didn't put any effort into the strategy or the driver sense or anything like that. We did. I, I randomly did. Here's the fuel numbers and here's the tyre numbers. Uh, one stint. No one double-checked those numbers. Um, no one planned for... 14, 15 safety cars on the day, which was the, probably our biggest thing because <laughs> randomly. So it, the downside of the, the, the OSR version 24 of the 12 hour was you had to do the minimum of 20% for a four man team. You had to do a maximum of 35%. The max minimum was probably a little bit too high because we put Tim Cornt through, we'd put me through, we'd put Cal through. All of us ended up somehow doing 55 laps in our each, not 54 and 53. All of us did exactly 55. When we did the maths, it was looking like 58 was the minimum. And then Buzz is 25 laps, no, 30 laps into his stint. He's got fuel left for 25 left. It just, we all were going to have three laps to go. Um, to get our minimums done with with what two hours left or not even an hour left of the it was that two hours left of the race. This is when Braden stepped in and and took charge. But um, I think at we least got a we safety... were consistent. Yeah, Buzz got a safety car about eight laps into that twenty five laps that he had remaining in the tank, and I just said, "Pit, put more fuel in. You are not coming in on fifty five laps. I don't care what you say. You're not coming in on fifty five laps." So we got him in there for sixty one, and then we we did a few changes. We got we got home fine. Um, it would, and like I said, it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I think out of that and out of what's hap- what happened last night, I think I'm driving the best I've ever driven, which is quite enjoyable. Uh, I went into that with flashbacks. I know Braden, even just spotting, was having flashbacks of probably 2023 when we did it last. And um, I, I, I was spinning into turn two. I was spinning at the cutting. I was crashing and, and destroying the car, but it never happened. So, um that was a good side of it. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Um, being in the GT4 made us more competitive than if we had been in the GT3, uh, which, which was a smart choice because 
I don't think we'll we'll we will, I don't think we were fast enough. Oh, we wouldn't have pre-qualified. But no way. Oh, I think if I think Tim could have got us in, um, but the problem is the other us other three wouldn't have been up to speed, so it wouldn't have been worth it. So I think we were, we were more suited to the GT4, and I think we we did a pretty stellar job. But um, yeah, what are you? Any other thoughts, Braden, from the? From the little bit you got to watch of it, did you enjoy the overall event? Yeah, it's always well put on by OSR. It's a shame that it takes so much time and effort to put on events like that because it'd be awesome if they could run, you know, run them more regularly. I think um, it's hard when you do an endurance race. You get the the endurance bug and you want to do more, but they are very yep. all-consuming. So I think like you don't want to do them, you know, probably more than every. You know, four to six months, I think, to do a proper big 12 hour anyway, or like 12 hour plus. Um, for me, anyway, um, I know that's sort of, sort of how I feel. And I think for the people sort of at our, our skill level, we really need to have the time in between each event to be able to dedicate enough time to practice to be competitive enough. Um, I guess some observations. I, I thought the driver stint lengths are completely perfect, to be honest. I think it was <laughs> more down to, like you said, maybe a little more planning might have been good, considering I think Buzzer was the only one who knew how, anything that was going on in the rule books. So <laughs> that, that didn't probably help um, as well. And I just think if we had of, well, if I had a known, um, I guess, spotting at the start um, and knowing what people's time, you know, constraints were and things like that. A little bit more, you know, we in theory probably should have kept him in the car a little bit longer earlier. Um, and you know, and, and but then again, it all it all falls down to when safety cars fall and things like that as well, because you got to do your driver swaps when the safety cars um come out to save yourself the most you know time. So it, it, it could it could have just been bad luck as well, but no, great event as always. Um, look, hopefully, get a chance to do one. I haven't done an OSR. Um, 12 hours so far it's just it falls at an awful time for me with um, sort of back to work so every year it's always a bit of a pressure sort of situation but um, no nah, just well done to Mike and the team they like I said do a, do a great job the trophies looked amazing which is um, pretty cool too yeah and I, I think I'd, I'll always be aiming for that over the official 24 from here on out I think um and I think that's where the team will probably sit. But the team's got the bug, and, and most of them are talking about doing uh, the official again next weekend anyway. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's inspired our um, Discord again, which is good. Um, obviously, me doing content, sure. me being active again has got everyone back in as well. I don't I don't want to sound like that, but that's. That seems to be the case. Is Buzz? You were going to say though? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure Tim's. Uh committed to doing the official all by himself for the whole 12 hours. <laughs> That's, That's on the podcast now. He has to do that. <laughs> yep. Hashtag Tim for, tw- Tim for 12. Why do I keep on saying 24? Come on, Mike, do a 24 hours so I can just do that. Um, yeah, no, and I, we're all, if, you, if you're in our Discord, you woke up to uh, the Endurance channel having about 150 missed messages um, if you missed it the other night where – uh, obviously, the new update, which we'll talk about in a sec, so we better get onto that in a moment. But um, weather coming out and Sebring being the first weather uh, affected twelve hour endurance race, where we're pretty much all very keen to get into that. So, 
yeah, there was a bit of banter going on the, uh, on that night just to see who was actually keen and how many cars we could actually get. So, And a lot of mud throwing at people, which was good fun. So, um, yeah, that's what uh, that's the OSR battle for one 12 hour. I'm just, my brain's not there. Uh, the SRW 86 series is something that me and Buzz have been doing. We're pro ams, um, and we've been doing fairly well. Like last night was um, good fun, fun at a track I've never raced before, and I'm, I don't even know how to pronounce it. And this is the problem with this update 90% of the bloody tracks they're putting out, I don't know what they're called. So, uh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. Come on, Iris, and give me some ones I know. Pretty sure it was just, Motorland, Aragon, or Argon, or it's Aragon. It, yeah, Aragon. It was definitely yeah. a Lord of the Rings thing. I kept on going Aragon, <laughs> and that's all I was going to call it. But um, no, it was a it was a track. It had some straights. It had some turns. I wasn't the best at it. I wasn't sorry. Well, I didn't enjoy it, but it was I was seemed to be I had a good flow there. So um race two was our highlight. We had four of the top ten. Yeah. Four, four in the top ten yep. from locked on. Four in the top really ten. Good. Yep. Tim Corn got a second overall, considering he got crashed out by his own teammate in race one and got relegated way down the pack uh, to twenty six or something. And that's your starting position for race two and race three. Really good to see him get back to second. Um and John McHenry, third overall for the for the race meet, um, was a was a great effort. Third overall in the series now, so um, doing doing a stellar effort over there. So that's that's been good fun racing as a team again. Um, Chastis found us now, so I don't know whether he'll start racing eighty sixes soon. Try and get back in with us. We we were hiding for so long, but uh, he unfortunately found us last night. So there we go. But. Uh, Roy Clark, if you're listening, you've always got a spot if you want to race an 86 with us um, before Chastity does. So uh, happy to get you in there. But 86s have been fun. Braden was driving last season but never really came back this season because he doesn't want to. But um, I, I wouldn't say I was racing. I did like two rounds because yeah. I noticed people were there. I just That like, counts oh, as oh, racing. There's, a, there's actually some people driving in the team at the moment, so I thought <laughs> I'd better get in while, while it was hot. But, yeah. Well, you can always drive F4s or F3s with Vernie when he comes back. Um, was it was F3s, wasn't it? He was racing in SRW. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been good to race as a team again, which has been really good. So having the time to spare uh, has been fun. Um, but anything else you want to throw in while we've been racing? I've been dreaming about doing more officials, but I haven't done one yet. But other, anything else? No one's doing the, 20, the, 50, the 500 Daytona? No, uh, Julian did put out the call in the Tech One Discord. If anyone wants to do it, he's having a crack at a couple, I think. Um, but oh, oh, there's no way I could sit in the rig for you know if I get a if I get one of the races that has like 25 safety cars or something, like I, you will need a crane to get me out of the rig. I'll be so sore and stuck and uh, and stiff. Um, yeah, it would not not be would not be a good idea. I, I would love to do one. I just. My main problem is I get, especially with the long races and especially I'm assuming with Daytona where it's pretty much flat the whole time, um, my shin, my right shin just gets smashed and it's uh, pretty sore for the couple of days after. So I'll probably try and avoid long, long, long oval races, especially super speedways if they're too long because, um, yeah, it's uh, a bit painful. Yeah, no, it's all good. The I was keen. That was what I came back from America wanting to do was the 500, but it just it doesn't fit into my schedule. Like yourself, it's you, you 
it's always around the Bathurst 12 hours. So if you're going to commit to anything for that long, you've got to commit to one and that's that's what I committed to. So I'd love to do the ANSCAR one they're doing. They did their qualifying tonight actually. So that would have been really cool to get back into. But it is what it is. So let's move on to this massive update because we've got so much to talk about in it. Um, I was going to talk. We had some really good conversations the other night when we were racing um, about real life racing. I was going to talk about some of that tonight, but we'll leave the Brody Kaseki stuff for later and and the F one dramas and all that kind of stuff for maybe next episode. But um, it's been good. If you ever want to check out some of those, go to Locked On Lad TV on YouTube or Twitch. Uh, Locked On Lads uh, Twitch. I don't know. You'll find it. Locked On Lads. Look it up and uh, look at some of our previous ones. There's some pretty good conversations in there about the stuff that's going on at the moment. But um, Dev update for February 2024 dropped, and Braden was the first one to drop it in the Discord, and she's a big one. Um, but I guess the majority of the content is around the new weather system, which is called Tempest, uh, and Tempest is dropping this March in Season 2 build, and obviously they wanted to get it into December, but they couldn't quite fit it in. It was only going to be for three cars or four cars at that stage. Uh, but the extra three months of development time has meant it is bigger and better than they wanted it to be when they launched it. So that is a really good thing. They they say iRacing, uh, it's, it's weather done uh, in racing unlike any other racing before. It's um, it's iRacing's version of weather, which is super simulated. And when you, you read some of the stuff that they're talking about, um, my computer has a heart attack and it's a brand new one, but also... Uh, it is frightening, and but really exciting as well at the same time. Braden, what's the key stuff that you brought out of Tempest's announcement? Yeah, I think first of all, um, I don't know about you, but I'm personally actually really happy that they didn't release it in the December mm. with the cars that they had. I think, um, I think they would be doing it an injustice to not have the IMSA cars and be able to run the IMSA series with the new weather system. Um, well, at least the the rain part of the new weather system is obviously the new weather system is coming to all series, but the actual rain part um, just to some cars. I think, yeah, the idea of it all being released so that you can have IMSA and the IMSA endurance races and the VRS races all um, have rain um, from the start of next season, I think is actually way better than if they had released it three months ago. I think that's definitely worth the wait rather than having it like really trickle into those those cars um so yeah i guess the 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 rain cars to start off with are the the formula ford the f4 the gr86 and then all the gtps the lmp2 and all the gt3 cars which is to be honest pretty pretty good for me because (laughs) if i drive anything these days it's a gr86 a formula ford or a gt3 or a gtp so um weather is completely covering all of your racing, no matter what. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. To be honest, the car selection couldn't have been couldn't have been better from a personal standpoint. Um, I just think it looks amazing. Like, uh, the the amount of physics and coding and you know modeling and all of that stuff that must have gone into it just it it pretty much blows my mind to even try and comprehend the size of the job that they've done. But you know, I think we can all agree that like iRacing has just been the leader in this this field for so long. I know lots of people bag iRacing and get cop stick for the price and 
oh, you got to buy this car and now you got to buy another car. But like, there's a reason why they've been the top for so long. And when they do something, it's a, a little bit like Apple to me. Like when they do something, they, they do it properly and they really do try and, um, you know, revolutionize things. And this is just another example of that. Yeah, well, there'll be nothing in the future. Like it's going to take a a mammoth undertaking for any other developer out there to match what iRacing is doing now, um, just on a grand scale of cars, tracks, physics, and now weather. It's not like you're talking decades before anyone even gets close if they want to try and compete with this. So there is no other competitor out there, and any uh, and there's no chance of anyone coming. So. Um, yeah, it's it's really good to see them not rest on their laurels when they're in that position. Um, most people would go, cool, let's just keep on taking the money. As they reference, uh, a lot of places are hiking their their fees at the moment and they're one that isn't. Um, and they're actually giving you more free content and pushing more content into the free content, uh, as we'll probably talk about later as well. Uh, so that they're doing all this without hitting everyone in the, in the pocket, which most places are at the moment. So on them but buzz first thoughts of the weather of of tempest and and what it's how it's coming out before we go into it in a bit more detail yeah well uh that hashtag soon is finally here so i've for someone myself who's been on iRacing for i think since like 2017 18 it's been a long time coming so it's I, i i can't believe it's finally here so looking forward to getting stuck into it um and just obviously for the first i'd say month and a bit will take a bit of getting used to and obviously they've mentioned that they're going to introduce rain to these series um slowly and like you know they they're only like for the first bit just enabling it for specific weeks in these series. But um, once everyone gets their head around it, this it'll be just second nature, I suppose, like we treat everything else and just keen to see this new weather system as a whole and not just the rain, but they're really pushing this whole new weather system. So interested to see how it all comes together and what else it can sort of deliver for us. Yeah, so... Few of the details, as we mentioned, uh, as Braden alluded to, every single series will have Tempest in in it in season two. That doesn't mean everyone will have rain. Obviously, it is track dependent and car dependent, but they'll all have the new weather system, as Buzzer said. Um, it, it's not just a rain package; it's everything. They're talking about wind directions and and going on historical data and all this other stuff. So. A lot of things will change as far as just the temperature of tracks and how that's affected by different things. And there's a massive change for all series, no matter where you are, uh, with with Tempest being introduced. However, as we said, the the tracks and the series will be the people who create the series on the official side will have full discretion on how they use said tempest system so if they want to use rain there'll be weeks that they'll be allocated they're allowed to use it um but it's also it's forecast weather so you know they can set it up as much as they want um it still may not rain even if they say hey we want we want this this particular pretended chances what they're talking about you'll get a forecast that says yeah look it's probably 100 percent chance of rain in this section 
the weather might build up, look like there's a storm coming, but it may just flow through um, and not actually dump any rain. So things like that. So you're still going to have to be on the ball and using the new black box forecast system to be able to predict and 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 still make educated guesses on whether you go in for tyres or you don't go in for tyres, whether you try and stay out, whether you... It's just going to add... I think it's going to level the playing field a lot more. Um, it'll make people who weren't as good be better in certain situations if they put the practice in. And it'll allow for where we call tyre saving, fuel saving. Uh, now there's weather prediction is, a, is another key stat that could make you finish better than you were. So, um, and, and crash avoidance is one of the other things, but all these things, it just adds another level. But Braden, what, what, what do you want to add there? Yeah, one thing that I think is going to be interesting is how easy it is to monitor whilst you're actually driving and like how, like how important will be having a human spotter for certain races and like what kind of advantage will that be? Um, obviously, it takes a lot of concentration, or at least for me, <laughs> to get around a track <laughs> safely and, and fast. Um, so, yeah, just that's something that I've sort of been thinking about is, you know, what, what tools will we have whilst we're racing to be able to, to make those predictions? How accurate will they be? How much will we need to understand those patterns sort of ourselves? Like what will we have to, will we have to study things almost before we we jump into the car for that that session to get an idea of what's coming? Um, so that's like that sort of side of thing interests me quite a bit because it could be quite a big advantage to have an actual human spotter alongside, sort of giving you some heads up and some clues. And the other thing that I think is interesting as well is how to work with the different splits. So from my understanding say if we race the race at 7.30 p.m. and there's five splits, all five of those races will have the same weather. So if it starts raining 15 minutes into the race in split one, it'll start raining 15 minutes into the race in split two and three and four and five. Um, but how will that work for special events? You know, will, you know, the Sebring 12-hour first time slot, all of those weather, uh, all of those splits have the same weather but I'm assuming it's going to have to be different to the second time slot's weather because, you know, everyone's going to come to the last time slot and know, okay, at, you know, three hours and 47 minutes of the race, we need to get on onto wets because that's yeah. when the, the track's going to be um, the most slippery or something like that. So a few questions still, I suppose, to see how it's all going to work um, in that regards. But yeah, super, super, well, I am super excited just to see it. I'm not super excited to drive in it just yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll make that judgment after the first 375 times I loop it around. Yeah, I'd assume even with like let's say IMSA for each week, each session would have to have different potential weather. Otherwise, it would get too predictable by the end, and it loses all its things. So you'd... I can't remember where I saw it, but I'm pretty sure um, different time slots will have different. Yeah, weather. So, yeah. like, obviously, if we were doing, obviously, when for your example, Braden, if we were doing that seven thirty time slot and that fifteen minutes in, it starts raining. The time slot after us or later on in the day, it won't rain fifteen it may not minutes even rain into at all. Or yeah, like so yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense because I, I couldn't see it being. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense, but um, it's it's like I said, questions have to be answered, and hopefully, we'll, we will know in. Invest what 
not even four weeks or uh, five weeks time. How, how far away from March? It's pretty close. It's like three weeks away. It's like I think it's three weeks. Yeah, I think it's week ten wow. at the moment, isn't it? Or is it just yeah, turned week eleven? I don't even know. Yeah, so week thirteen is when things are going to start dropping. So we're only a couple of weeks away uh, altogether, which is really good to see. So we'll have all these answers fairly soon. Uh, back to the the point about um, how much data we're going to get. They did mention the in game spotter will give you stuff they mentioned crew chief will give you information as well about what's likely to happen but like they said it may not be accurate like all weather forecasters may be but it's sort of red like let's say we're racing bathurst and we're going up the hill we see the behind the hill it's getting gray we can see the wind heading into said cloud we can go hey there is a storm coming so that 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 um local knowledge of a track will affect like if you know that the weather's always going to come from the southwest that's what it does at bathurst it comes over that hill and drops on you it's never going to, so if you see clouds building up at the at the northeast you go okay we're fine that's not a problem um that kind of data uh is uh, that's how accurate this is supposed to be temp with tempest so um local knowledge will be uh, it'll be even more a reason for, for Braden to be racing around Bathurst every time because that's where he knows, obviously, the track. But he also knows the weather around it as well. But um, <laughs> I know nothing about Bathurst. <laughs> I'm really, I was really surprised about um, that that was my most raced track on that little bit of data that Vernie found. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we found a site. I haven't got the link to the site, but um, going into the whole license breakdown, which I, th- I guess we better get onto in a sec before we run out of time because that's a very interesting part of it as well. Uh, there's a website that actually links and breaks down your current history into even down to different cars and tracks, uh, how 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 good your eye rating would be if it went down to that level. And it was very, very interesting. Um, but Braden, yeah, best track apparently is Bathurst. But you farmed Bathurst with Skippies so much. So and you're an open times, you're an open wheel specialist, which we already knew anyway. So yeah, uh, the slow open wheel specialists. <laughs> Only the slow ones. <laughs> um, n- none of the other ones. So yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about the the license split before we talk about some of the other content, um, I guess the the irony for me of this whole whole thing, Wilco, <laughs> is we were blabbering on about getting them to split this for like what two and a half years. I mean, we took a year off of actual podcasting. Yeah. But it was one of the first things we I feel like we talked about when we first started doing this. And like a week ago when I reactivated my iRacing account after, you know, running running out, I sort of said to myself, I was like, and you guys, you know, you guys were practicing for the special event and I was feeling a bit, you know, a little bit jealous. And I was like, you know what, stuff it. I'm taking a season or two off of open wheelers like screw my eye rating if i lose 4k and i go down to two and a half you know whatever so be it. i'm going to force myself to drive vrs races imsa races like gtps gt3s like lmp2s whatever i'm going to drive those cars that are the ones that are in the big special events and just sort of force myself to get better at it because like like i said you know i I, I I do go okay in the the sort of Formula Ford and the Skippy and those kind of slow cars, you know, even the GR86. I feel like I'm alright in, but you put me in anything else, and I feel like I'm like half my actual I rating. And I convinced myself, all right, finally, just give it away. Who cares if you end up with three K? If you end up with two and a half, so be it. Like, 
at the end of the day, it'll be better for when I do a special event and we get in a lower split and we might actually be somewhat competitive or whatever. Wake up the next morning just about. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. We're going to split your your license system. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, like, why couldn't you have done this like two years ago? <laughs> it's so it's so annoying. It's great, but I was just like, oh, it's just so typical. I finally make a decision to just go screw it. Whatever happens, happens. And now my open wheel license will probably sit on 4K while my, you know, what is it? Sports car license will, will drop down. Yeah. <laughs> so, Buzz, what do you think of the split uh, as far as... So, road is getting split into open wheelers. Basically, open wheels and rooftops uh, was stock... Uh, it is rooftops, basically. So, Sport, uh, sports what do you cars, think of that? they called it. Yeah, sports cars. So, what do you think of that split? Is there... Should they have gone more? Are you happy with this? Well, for starters, I'm pretty happy with this. As Braden said, it's probably something that's been coming, what's been needed for quite a while. Um, And and hopefully it has the impact that obviously doing this iRacing is looking for more participation across all of their content. So um, it might encourage people who, who were, you know, as Braden would say, trying to protect that I rating to move into the different genres of cars and not feel like if they have a bad week that it's going to give them a fair hit to the I rating. So, again, yeah, it's something that's probably been needed for a while, but, yeah, I'm uh, hopefully it has the impact that they're looking for. It's interesting as well because I actually think my case is probably more of the rare case of someone not wanting to lose their open wheel I rating and then go into the tin tops. I think for the most part, it's the community that you know want to make sure that they've got the high I rating for the special events that they enter in, like in the GT3s, um, you know, Bathurst 12 Hours, Sebring, Daytona 24, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, try and get into those broadcasted splits or or do the top split races for those special events. Like I think the I think the open wheel side of things will actually get a bigger increase in participation than probably the GT side of things would go up because I feel like more people try and hold on to their I rating in those cars for those specific reasons as opposed to um, you know worrying about not making Sunday Night Lights for you know Alex McKellar and stuff like that which was the main reason why I didn't really want to lose I rating you know a while back but I mean haven't been racing those for a while as well I think for me it it will encourage me when I start doing more officials to actually dabble into the open wheelers because I've really stuck to the tin tops myself. So, and, you know, if I'm no good in those open wheelers, well, it's only really going to affect that part of things and it'll give me some confidence going in there to go, oh, well, let's give it a shot. But the thing is that over time, you'll actually, in those open wheels, you'll feel more confident because you'll be racing against people who are actually more your level in open wheelers, when your eye yeah. racing drops down to where it should be, you'll be actually more competitive and, and feel more confident. And then you'll actually enjoy it more, which is what we want. That's that's what's going to make you drive more. Yeah, uh, I suppose we should explain that, yeah, when, when it first comes in, that when they do split the licence, um, both of the categories will be what your current I rating is and then from there your results will dictate both yeah, of those, the, so. so Braden's going to have to tank his uh, his his sports car license for a few for a few weeks before he'll be I won't, competitive. 
I won't have to try and tank it. It'll it'll be natu- it'll be naturally falling. It'll, uh, I think it'll be half probably, a week. Yeah, something that is probably important to note is the safety rating will obviously go across both as well. So whatever your safety rating is at the end of this season will be what you start on in your new license classes as well. So if there's ever a time to get your safety rating up as high as you can for the time being, um, now would be it because you don't want to start next season on like two point oh five for both. Um, sports car and open wheel and you know lose your a class in both you know like that so um that's something to keep in mind as well yeah look it's it's a good move and thank you i racing for doing this i don't see how they could have split it any further down so um yeah no i think it's very very well done let's move on to new tracks that are coming this very build which is mazano portum Mayo yeah. and Millbridge for those dirt oval freaks out there who love to do small ovals in dirt for some reason. I'm talking to you, Matty Joy. Um, so anyone excited or know anything about these tracks, Braden? Yeah, excited for Porto Mayo. Um, it's an F1 track, wasn't it? Or an XF1 track, Portugal? Yeah, yeah, been I think. Uh, did it get chucked on the uh COVID scheduled? Um, yeah, I think they might have had a had a round there during that. That could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did. Um, no, it's accurate on the, the podcast. Just like Tim yeah. doing the 12-hour on his own. Accurate. <laughs> is the one with the, the big um, almost tabletop, you know, motor, motocross-type jump as the pitch straight, right, where they go up the hill and they go along the top and then they go down the hill at the end. Does that sound right, Buzzer? I, I honestly haven't seen it, so... Yes, yes, it does, Braden. Oh, we'll yes. just say yes, and I can't wait to do that sort of jump. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. So it's um it's going to be a pretty cool track. Um, I guess Masano, I don't know much about, to be honest. Um, well, apparently, I don't know much about Portimao either. But um, <laughs> one one interesting thing to note: one of the guys in the Tech One track, uh, Tech One um team, is a Portuguese native. He lives in Portugal, and um. So that's a track close close by to him, so he's wow. pretty keen to to get out on track and um, get to have a run around his local track, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that people can have that kind of experience. That um, their track is now forever in. Like, it's like we've got Oran Park, which is forever now. You know, in there, it's something we've been to. No one will ever be to again because it doesn't exist. But he's got a track now in in iRacing that's just down the road from him that that mean will mean so much to him. It's going to be great, but. Millbridge, we're not going to talk about because we're not dirt people. So it's it's a it's a point two five. So Braden's showing me a picture of a, a straight where the jump on it, where all the GT cars are going over it really fast. Are they GT cars? I can't quite see that. My glasses are off now. Yeah, I think they're the. But that's Porto Mayo. So he, he was he proved himself right. Uh, new cars coming this build. Uh, the Super Formula Light, which is uh, is this in the indie side of? cars in the ramp no it's in the formula still it's yes yeah, yeah. formula i'm not sure if it's going to replace the f3 or if it's going to be there or thereabouts there's so it's many open wheels now I'm getting confused yeah it's basically the i can't remember the exact number it's like the f312 chassis or something it's pretty much used as a european for formula 3 car but it's not the official fia formula 3 car so it's basically a formula 3 car but just not the exact same one they run as the um series that runs alongside f1 okay so 
So that's coming. Uh, the Dirt Micro Sprint, uh, which will be free and a new rookie series for all those dirt people out there that want to get into dirt racing, specializing in smaller dirt oval tracks as well. A uh, little bit of an entry point if you want to get some of that happening. Uh, the SRX car, which is a new oval track car, which looks pretty cool and um, will be another sort of uh, way for you to enjoy oval tarmac racing as well. So um, I guess while we're on the yeah. t- talk of tracks and things like that as well, um, obviously they said that they're bringing four of those four tracks as well um, to the free base content as well. So. Mm-hmm. Osher Sleben, Ledenon, Winton, and Snedden all become part of the base content as well, which is good. Obviously, all tracks that have pretty low participation um, in the series that you know do go there. So hopefully that'll get a few more people on board. I think I own two of them, so I'll be getting a bonus for at least two of the tracks, which is good. Yeah, and Snedden is one of those tracks that I'm really good at for some reason, and I don't know why. Uh, that everyone should really enjoy because that back end of the track is a nightmare and will make you better for racing if you can just even get through those last couple of turns. Isn't that right, Braden? Yeah, and who doesn't like going to a track with a corner called Bombhole? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like that? Probably Thomas Hins after I murdered him there <laughs> in the last turn at Snedderton in the F4 series in Aussie Car. But apart from him, I'm sure everyone enjoys <laughs> if you going to murdered, a track called Bombhole. If you haven't murdered someone or been murdered at Snedderton, you haven't really been an I, you haven't really, really been racing to be honest. So... Um, that'll be good fun. Winton, obviously, um, cool that it's already in the in the free tracks. So uh, that'll be good fun. Um, it, it is good that they're making more stuff in the free section. So, like I said before, no no increase to costs um, unless you're one of those collectors. Got to catch them all track and car combos that you can see how much. But uh, otherwise, it's pretty good. So. There's a couple other updates that they're talking about. Physics update. For, oh, sorry. The, we we haven't talked about. So NASCAR is getting all the new, all the new, all the NASCARs are getting the latest 2024 data uh, updated. So slight changes, to the models and things like that. That's going to be in there. Um, but also IndyCar, which we haven't talked about yet. IndyCar is going back to iRacing. The day after we dropped the podcast, last big episode was the day after was oh, I can't I can't remember exactly but something was the day after it was yeah I'm like, pretty sure <laughs> yeah. it, it we we dropped the podcast and then all of a sudden the next day it, it happened I'm pretty sure it was the IndyCar announcement where IndyCar's going back to iRacing which is going to lead to all the uh, all the cars getting fresh models uh all the well they haven't said the tracks will be getting done but they are doing it was the same idea where they're doing the iRacing sorry they're doing the IndyCar console version no I can't remember. Uh, NASCAR anyway, console version. They were doing the NASCAR one. I thought they, they oh, okay, they haven't announced it maybe, that, um, but I assume that's where they'll head because Indy wants the, that's why they went to motorsports games and um, in the first place was to get them to make a, a console arcade version. So, But I, I assume we'll start seeing a lot more Indy tracks coming up over the next 12 months, which will be pretty cool. Um, but uh, so, yeah, IndyCar's getting an update. NASCAR's getting an update. They're also getting a physics update, uh, Wave 2, uh, for, for them. Um, and there's some additional stuff coming later on in the month. But we won't talk much about the IndyCar thing because I think we talked about it last episode, so we won't into that too much. Uh, the March build will have a new racer experience, which will be sort of a tutorial to iRacing and you can turn that on if you're an old iRacer 
uh, it'll sort of explain uh, a lot of the UI and where to go for certain things and that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, 3D curbs uh, will be introduced in the new tracks as well as uh, Sebring and Fuji. Sebring, perfect timing for the 12 hours. So it's not only is it going to have weather, uh, which possibly could rain, but it will have new addition of these 3D curbs, which they say actually makes a fairly big difference to the track. So get out and start practicing as soon as that drops. Are you excited about that, Braden? 3D curbs? I mean, I guess if I was really excited about it, I probably would have driven around uh, Okayama at some point <laughs> in the last three months. But um, I mean, sure, anything that makes it more realistic is good, right? But I guess it's definitely not the the sexiest of things to think about when you, you're thinking about updates is, oh, some new curbs. <laughs> but I'm sure it makes a big difference. I'm sure it does. I Look, I hadn't even noticed that it, was, that it had been happening. So I like the... Okiyama's a good track. I want to go back there. Every time I go, there's a, there's an official on. There's Okiyama's an option. No one wants to race it with me. So anyway. You don't get close enough to the apexes to worry about the 3D curves anyway, mate. Oh, I hit an apex last night. Thank you very much. And I didn't <laughs> even hit the, hit the um, bollard that was just on the other side of the apex. Or so someone did that was leading the race. <laughs> anyway. Um buzz there's a whole heap of stuff coming in the hashtag soon now tempest is no longer hashtag soon there is a whole heap of other things that are now hashtag soon i want to talk about the first one which is about halfway down the the page because it excites i know you and i think a lot of other listeners supercars and other australian possibilities are being worked on that was what was the quote was it exciting or unexpected um, no, one of the new cars is unexpected. The Australian was, reference was actually quite interesting. They said there was a, and another shocker, but we won't let you know about that. No, just that's, yet. that's one of the new cars, but there was an actual reference about the Australian stuff. But anyway, the, there is the supercars are getting um, uh, an update, but an Australian possibilities are being worked on. They're referencing it with the car themselves, uh, like talking about cars when they said new possibilities. I want to talk about that in a sec, but Buzz, supercars, getting an update. How excited are you for this one? Uh, pretty excited for for the supercars to go to Gen 3. Um, in this update was the first time sort of iRacing sort of committed to doing an update to the supercars. I know there's been some stuff here and there on the forums because a lot of people in some of the discords and forums have been wondering when they'll make their way to iRacing. But, yes, so they finally touched on that. So really looking forward to getting our hands on that. We've had the current ones for a while now and, yeah, it'll be good to, you know, throw these things around Bathurst and hope well, we'll see if they come before the special event for the 1000 but i'm i'm more thinking if they're just slightly touching on it now that probably get it towards the end of the year hopefully this year but the australian possibilities who knows what they could be so i've been thinking about this pretty much for the last couple of days because it's baffle it, it, it's not it, it's interesting like we we've made it me and timmy corn or mainly timmy corn has come out with the aussie supercars which is the little baby versions Aussie racing cars. Aussie racing cars. That's what it is. Yes. Come out of them um, calling for them because they're they're like a Legends, and that's why we were racing Legends because it was similar to that, but they're not quite Legends. They are different to that. Um, We've been calling for that on the podcast ages ago, and I think he'd made social media references, and they said that would be cool if we could at some stage. 
I just can't think of another iconic Australian-specific race car that they would come out and do. Like, I, I understand that you got the um, like the the oldies, like the old old school cars that go the Aussie Legends or whatever. That no, Aussie Legends. the Touring Car Masters. Yeah, Touring Car Masters is one of the other series. Everything else is sort of GT3 based or specifically overseas open yeah. wheeler based or Trans Am. Really maybe? Australian. Well, yeah, the, the Trans Am cars, but they're kind of more like that's a lot of cars to be bringing. Like that's a lot of work to be bringing, like multiple Trans Ams to it. I can't think of anything else where that's one specific car that wouldn't be a lot of work that they could just bring along as Australian specific. Yeah. Can you? It, I don't know S five thousand. Maybe you could go with some right hand drive TCR cars. Maybe with the Australian Touring Car Championship. Um, I'd be very but, surprised if it yeah. was the S5000 because that series is sort of in the dumps at the minute. I'm not even sure if they're running it this year. And how yeah. many Australians would actually sit back and go, oh, cool, that's very Australian? Like, yeah. It's it's an yeah, interesting it's, reference to make, that's all. And, and yeah. Being specifically about when they're talking about the supercar car, like, okay, cool, if it's a track, excellent, Adelaide's coming in or the Ben's coming in or something like that, but they weren't referencing tracks. They were talking about cars at the time so if you've got anything hit me up in the comments or messages let us know what you think but that that would be where my money would be going on so i could buy a computer like braden's that's what i'd be putting my money on to to make it worthwhile um unless someone's got a better idea but that's that's pretty cool um then they referenced this other car that will shock people now that wasn't specifically mentioned alongside the Australian stuff. What is a shocking car that they could bring to iRacing, Braden? I don't know. It, it was in the same paragraph as the Australian stuff. That's why I think it still relates back to the stuff we were talking about before. I'm almost certain that it's like the sentence at the end of the sentence that talks directly about the Australian stuff. So I'm still thinking it feels like it's part of, that sentence, but I'd have to go back and double check. I haven't read it for quite a few days. I'm trying though. to find it now. It's, it's just really hard to find this, this, how long this thing is. Just control I've, it. I've got control it up. It. It's, yeah. it's, it's the last sentence, but I feel like it's in the block of them just talking about um, what like they're talking about. In general. The next it moves on. Yeah, then it moves into other future improvements like the um, new f- features for the UI and stuff. So I feel like on the vehicle front, that paragraph is like, yep, also, by the way, something, we're something look, else, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, if that's the case, I don't know. Like, I guess oh, here it is. the whole – Can I just saying I'll the- quickly read it word for word for you, Braden? We're sure. also looking hard at some updates on our supercars as well as exciting possibilities in Australia, full stop. This is that's the third last sentence in the thing. This it all starts with as with race cars, we're focused on this, this, and this. We're climbing GT3s from 13, 12, 13 to 14, 15. They do that Australian comment, and it's there's also potential for a bit of a shocker coming to racing on the vehicle front. But we'll also we won't spoil that surprise too early on that. Yeah, so it probably isn't the, necessarily in reference to the Australian stuff. The only thing I can think of is if they're trying to make like a shocker, shock sort of pun type thing, sort of dropping a little hint, it makes you think of maybe two two to three things, something electric, which would maybe lead you to thinking like Formula E or something like that, which I really hope isn't the case. I mean, I 
have, don't think I've ever watched a Formula E race in my life, so maybe it's cooler than I understand. But based on the fact they brought that Mission R Porsche electric car thing, and basically I don't even know if three people race it per you know season, let alone uh, per session um, these days. I don't know if that would be great. Maybe something with big shocks. I don't know, like maybe like a like a new pro light type thing like a jumpy car or something like that that um that they run they're the only kind of things that i can think of off the top of my head or it's just not a pun whatsoever and it is just something completely obscure that we we hadn't been thinking of can i give you two options i almost went for a third i'm going to give you two options (laughs) and how interesting would you be about these two one go-karting um it's not in there. It's an entry level to open wheelers and, and most car racing. Uh, it wouldn't be hard to do, I guess. The other option would be trucks, actual super trucks, proper trucks. That they used to have them back in the day. No, no, no. I'm talking trucks that tow the big trucks. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. boy trucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they used to race um, quite often at the like the V8 supercar rounds and stuff that have the big, you know. Uh, prime yep. mover type situation. Yep. Um, probably zero interest in either, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just being a sad sack. I don't know. Trucks would be, imagine driving one of those. What, your force feedback's going to be nine trillion. You break an arm if you even go close to <laughs> driving anywhere and then go karts. I don't know. I feel like you say it would be easier. I can go karts would actually be harder to, to get um, right than. The other, the other stuff that they do, because like go karting must rely a lot on bum and seat feel, right? Being so low to the ground, and I feel like you'd almost it'd be less about the force feedback through the st- like even more um, getting feedback through your body. I mean, I never been go karting at you know higher carts a few times in my life, but never driven a proper go kart. But that's kind of how I imagine it. I feel like it'd actually be more difficult to get to get right than maybe just you know normal cars. So I'm going to give you some reasoning in a sec, but Buzz, have you got what well, my third one was going to be either buses or vans? I couldn't go which way, so I just left it out. Um, Buzz, have you got Australia any other ideas? Post, Australia Post <laughs> deliveries is that what you're looking for? I'm going to be the number number one racer in the world at um, van driving. I guarantee you, Buzz. Have you got any other suggestions before I um, run a little bit of a, a segue, but also some data behind why I think go karts could be it? Well, I, I'm sort of thinking that the word shocker, I'm not sure it's going to be, because that'd be something like Formula E or something. And I agree with Braden that I'm not sure how much of a hit that'd be if it came to the series. So I'm hoping that, because it's not in quotation marks, that it's just something left field. I don't mind the idea of the trucks. I'd give that a go, I reckon. Um, how popular, again, that would be across the series. I'm not would too sure. Throw it but in as a free version, like the, and have a Delara no I rating thing yeah. uh, as, as, as an option just for uh, fun at the end of the week. The Delara dash or something like that. It's a truck dash and it's, everyone gets it. Have fun as a bit of an April Fool's slash. Bit of, bit of Why don't they bring. Why don't they bring some hearses for all the people that die when the rain's out? They can just jump in the hearse instead. <laughs> uh, did I cut you off, Buzz, though, for any others? Any other thoughts there? 
Now they were the, the. I was really just more thinking of Formula E, but I'm I'm hoping it's something just completely left field that would be quite a shock just to see what it is because that that'd be more intriguing, I guess. Will we find out more on? Will that be where they announce it on April Fool's Day? This shocking new car, and that's why they're teasing it now. <laughs> Possibly, because that they announced reckon- something. Weird every year on 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 April first, don't they? There's not they normally do something. I think the last couple of years it's actually just been proper actual rain content. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, or wasn't but, Formula Ford announced on um on April Fool's or something other? They they teased it. I might have been the Formula V. Was it Formula V? Was Formula V? Yeah, I yeah. reckon it was too. Um, so we're going to go on i'm going to go on the next sec and i'm going to seg- segue in because go-karting and career mode where do you start your career if you want to become a number one open wheeler driver you got a formula make- one car obviously exactly <laughs> just jump straight into formula one um but if you're going to do a career mode you're going to have to have somewhere to start and yeah. my my racing heritage was from project cars and if you were doing that career mode you always started in the go-karts and worked your way up to the the big leagues. So if they're yeah. doing a career mode for something, um maybe NASCAR twenty five, if they're gonna do probably not that, but if they were doing a career mode for anything in in all their other projects that they're doing behind, they might be doing physics work for, for that. And then because it feels like iRacing now is a test bed for anything they need to put in to their other games that they're making at the moment. So they mentioned in their NASCAR 25 is obviously a big project that they're working on. And because of that, all the NASCAR tracks are going to get massive updates because they're doing the work for the console. So they're going to put all that data into iRacing. I think the career mode that they're making has been a lot of work preparation for that's been for NASCAR 25. So they may as well bring it across to iRacing. All the UI updates, I think they're getting that ready for the console version. That's why we're getting very different-looking UIs now. I think a lot of that stuff is transferable and easy, easily transferable because they're already doing work for one, so they may as well test it out in the other to make sure it works. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess the go-karting, you can you know chuck some dirt tires on go-karts and you know you could have some dirt, um, dirt oval stuff as well, so you could have that side of the career mode as well. So, yeah, it's actually one of the... Smarter things I've heard you say, Wilco. <laughs> there there <laughs> you, you go. That gem of wisdom from <laughs> uh, just just there somewhere near that grey hair just fell out. That's, that's all it was. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, so- I, I still feel like I'd be slightly surprised if it was go kart, but you've oh, convinced me more than than if uh, I was five minutes ago. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, are, are you excited for a career mode coming to iRacing? I had a bit of a. Uh, comment to Tim Cornt the other night that this makes no sense to me why they're doing this in iRacing, but then, like I just said, it's it sort of work they're doing on NASCAR anyway, so why not put it in here? And he sort of was pretty excited about it. Buzz, are you excited about a career mode? Are you going to do that in iRacing? Personally, myself, no, but I dare say there are some iRacers out there who do like the idea of a career mode that they obviously get through the, you know, the F1 games and all that sort of stuff. And for people who don't always want to compete online with others, it'll give a good opportunity to still come into the iRacing market and 
there's a career mode for you if you want to start out that way instead of jumping straight into racing online with others. So personally for me, it's not a big one for me, but I can see why they would want to introduce it. I think it would be fun, like maybe a fun thing to stream, like, you know, jump in, bit of a relaxed sort of go through your career mode thing. Like I, I always loved... um you know NBA 2K and and playing the my player career mode and getting the story and working through it that way. So I think if they have like a cool storyline to the um, career mode and that kind of thing, I don't think it's something I would put endless hours into. Um, but you know 2K was kind of the same where the first sort of season that you're um, at a team, there's quite a bit of storyline behind it, and the story slowly drops off and you go into just playing the game. Um, I think if it was, you know, a really good, fun, engaging story um, that you could play through and then it gets to a point where, you know, maybe in future updates they bring out new chapters to the story or something like that. So it's kind of ongoing and you're looking forward to like what's the next part of this career that I have. That could be a fun thing to do and a chilled thing to do. But in terms of replacing like the online racing, it's going to be pretty difficult to take that mantelpiece and away from, in, like off of people. So the first question that came into my head when I read this part was career mode, cool, excellent. What's going to happen? Is there a free card that they that people get that's all the way up to what would be an end career mode or are they going to have to buy a card to get the end content of the career mode or where's that sit? Yeah, that's uh, a I good point, that. I reckon with the fact that it will be played offline, almost like you can drive any car when it's down for maintenance, maybe you'd let you drive those cars in an offline sort of scenario where you're not actually engaging with other other drivers in the like multiplayer space. Maybe I don't know. I guess that leads into like the the, the when I read this, I, I went back to the UI and onboard. Oh, sorry, the the onboarding. They talk about the onboarding process for new people, and obviously, iRacing is daunting to get into and actually. Um, they want more people to be able to get into it and enjoy it and stay around. That's where they make their money. Um, the, you, the, the, the startup user experience is one thing they talked about, but career mode is another thing that will probably keep people around more often. Um, and I guess that's where um, they could also move some, like they use it as here, drive this, here, you're driving the GT3 Ferrari. Um, it's only it's twenty percent off because you've raced it in the in the career mode, um, and they can sell a lot more stuff during that and get people addicted. Uh, Braden, was that what you were going to say, or you got something else? Yeah, no, that was pretty much what I was going to say. Like, you may, imagine you jump in, and you know the next step in your career is to race the Lotus Forty Nine or something like that, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh, that was actually really fun to drive. Maybe I'll buy that so I can not just drive it on this track. I had to race it in." Um, in career mode, I want to go drive that at Spa or I want to go try that at, you know, Le Mans or, or whatever. Um, it could be a good way to get some extra purchases and things like that as well. Yeah, I'm convinced now that um, it's a good idea. So I wasn't very convinced last night, but um, yeah, no, I think it's it's going to be a big addition for iRacing. So that'll be good. Um, I want to go into this last paragraph of the thing in a sec. I, it's basically talking about the future. There's a key sentence I'm going to read out to you and why it's so exciting to both me and Braden in a sec. But Buzz, question without notice. So you can just say go away if you want. 
what is a wish list you've got for stuff that they do hashtag coming soon or hashtag soon for from here on out now we've got weather? <sighs> well, Welcome just, to the podcast, mate. Joe, throwing you in the deep end. Yeah, you are, Wilco. I, I did have a thought the other day of this, this very thing. And one thing that really bugs me, and this will be very controversial, but if there's one thing I want Hold on. in special events, iRacing, if you're listening, I want a one vast repair. Because half the time, if you're taken out in the first hour of the race, when you want someone doing a 24-hour or a 12-hour race, you want to keep as many cars on track for a long, like as long as you can. And when things happen that are out of your control, when someone crashes in front of you, you get a meatball or whatever, it'd be nice to have well that was the one thing i took out of the osr event we did wilco that we um had a fast repair we didn't there. even use it but yeah we didn't use it but you had the you had should the, have yes safety have. blanket we should have used but there's a little bit of a safety blanket there so that's one thing that is on my wish list besides um adelaide the track <laughs> So I want to say something like they could. Okay. So you've got NASCAR, right? You do the fixed and the open series for NASCAR. Why not do it? They've, we, they said here the numbers were the best. The Daytona 24 was the best one they ever had. Why not do a Daytona 24? One is a pro series one. One is a pro am one. And the pro am one you get, uh, and you, you choose which one. They've got enough people now that it's not going to dilute the splits anymore. Is that an option for you? I, I reckon it is. So with just some of the stats from the 24, they had 18,500 total drivers. So the numbers are clearly there for these 4,000 of those idiots did it twice. Yeah. So, you know, I I think that's a that's a good way to introduce it so you get the option. So for those real hardcore nuffies out there that go, nope, in a real race, you'd be out. Well, you can sit in the pits for 45 minutes, but I want to use my fast repair and get back out on track because I've practiced bloody four weeks for this and I don't want to be out in the first hour. But, yeah, that's 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 just one thing that comes to mind. I'm not sure what's on your wish list, but what, I'll throw the question back to you, Wilco. No, Braden wants to tear your thought to thread the shreds. No, no. Well, I was just going to go with my wish list. I, I wasn't okay, sure go. if you were going to ask me or not. So, I was I definitely I've gonna ask got two. <laughs> I figured as much. I've got two. One's definitely Adelaide as well. I think we've been saying that since the start. And there was a period of time where obviously that looked like that wasn't going to be possible anymore. So I think like they need to scan that. It's got the F1 history. You know, not the exact same layout, the track, but you know, it's got the F1 history and then obviously deeply entrenched in V8 supercar racing. And also I've done about 10 trillion laps of that track on V8 supercar race driver when I was like <laughs> 10 years old or something. So, you know, I don't know if the PlayStation 2 controller translates to in the sim, but <laughs> if it does, I'll be in good stead to start off. I've with heard my, my... one for one. It's perfect. It's exactly the same. Okay, good. But my other ones, and I guess it kind of relates to the OSR um, race as well. It's a little bit left field. I want them to release a drivable safety car that can be purchased 
so that the safety car can actually like lock itself to a speed, yeah, uh, you know, like a speed limit. Say that they want to run the safety car at 110 kilometers an hour. They can program it that that safety car will. You can press a, like a pit li- limiter type button, and you can run that safety car at 110 kilometers per hour. You got the flashing lights on top of the on top of the car that you can turn on. You can turn off to say, you know, we're going green at the end of this lap. Um, I think that would be cool. Obviously, not everyone's going to buy it, but it's, you know, they wouldn't even barely even have to scan it. Like, they could just build a car that they wanted to build as the safety car themselves. But I just think that'd be a really cool addition. Uh, obviously, they, um, you know, using the, there's no need for them to update the manual, say, the, sorry, the iRacing safety car to make it better because, you know, they've kind of, found a solution with people just being creative enough to run their own safety cars and slap a livery on a car and drive that around and communicate with everyone via that. So they don't really have a need to improve the safety car on the road side of things that's there at the moment. So why not just actually make it drivable so people can jump in and be the actual safety car? bit left field, but I'd like to see that. You've stolen mine. Uh, not, not 100%. <laughs> that... That was what me and Mike were talking about last episode in, in the little chat with him. So, I'll, yeah, look, Adelaide is your ones. Gold Coast is mine. Um, I would love Gold Coast before it gets run into the ground and never gets raced again, scanned and put into a thing. But um, it's got so much heritage for me because I'm from Queen. I'm not from Queensland, but I'm in Queensland for the last bloody half year, half of my life. So, it's got a lot of, you know, relevance for me. But, um I just, there's, we're talking to Mike, there's just so little amount of effort they've got to put in to change the server setups so that that would make the life so much easier for league organizers. Anyone who's organizing a league out there's made creative solutions for everything, as you just talked about, even with the, the manual safety car. But there's very little changes they need to make to make things even better like we're talking about race weekends would be the key like cool let's just set up it's a friday it's a it's a qualifying that runs into race one Uh, sorry there's two qualifyings for race one and race two let's do them like let's say v8s we do race one we do race two two different things all one server you can do three races all one one server we're not doing heats and we're not doing this we're not doing that there's not those little stupid things that come up um more than four uh, laps in qualifying. Yeah, more than four laps in qualifying, number one. Um, the fact that you, you're qualifying doesn't finish at the end of the, like it's not a hard finish. Let it go till the last car crosses the line. There's all these little things that would just make that league experience so much better and it would make the product so much better for TV because things would just work. Like OSR, if you didn't watch, if you we're in the behind-the-scenes stuff. They had to create a whole new server because one thing stuffed up. They ticked one box wrong, which was a rolling start instead of a grid start. So the rolling start wasn't triggered because no one was on the track. Everyone started from the pits. That little thing killed a whole server and they had to restart, which then fed into another thing, which was the clutch problem, all because of the, they just weren't didn't have the, the stuff they, they needed to, to make it right. So I think that part i think they could actually do some work and get the actual safety car for road right fairly easily as well like i don't think there's a lot of work they need to do for that but i'm not a developer so i i, I could be doing it. but yeah like uh, an actual real 
um, safety car to buy with a pit limiter that can be set would be an ideal for, for stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, and just turn Mount Panorama jump back on as an option. Just say whether you want gravel uh, old or gravel new as a tick box or maybe even the last lap after the finish line, the gravel becomes just road and you can just drive and do a jump over Bathurst again. That'd be great if you're listening, iRacing. Look, that leads us into we're well over at the moment. We knew we were going to be. But the last line here that gets me and Braden really excited, I know I haven't talked to Buzz about this, uh, I haven't even touched on some major things. Our graphics and rendering team and the future iRacing rendering engine for one. Braden, they're, they're working on a new engine for iRacing and they haven't told anyone until right now. Yeah, we always kind of suspected that they were doing something because, like, I don't, you you know more about it than I do on the, the engine side of things with your history and other games and, and the different engines that they run. But, like, the engine that they run is the one that they originally started with, what, like, 12 years ago, right? 14 years yeah. ago or something. So it's well and truly outdated. Um, and, you know, that's where my, most of the, I don't actually don't think the iRacing graphics are that bad. Like people nah. complain about them, and I, I get it when you look at some other games. But when you take into account all the other things that iRacing far outweigh them, in, I think it's such a small, tiny, insignificant um, issue. But you know that's where the graphics problems stem from, right? The fact that the game engine's so so old, it's hard to make those graphical improvements. So quickly, the you, you talk about my experience. Well, we did a division podcast for a long time. Okay, um, division one to division two, massive whole new engine built, Snowdrop one to Snowdrop two engine. It wasn't the graphics that caused that reason to change engine. It was the underlying problems the developers had to make stuff for content for the game ongoing. Was why they redid the engine. It was. They, they worked out once they released the game, they couldn't add this a certain way, they couldn't add that a certain way, and there were so many limitations to how they actually could uh, update and, and fix the game because of the engine. It was easier to scrap it, start again, and build it all for Division 2 a whole different way, so it was built from the ground up. iRacing with a 14-year engine, old engine, yeah. has all these problems, and all these things we say, no, I'll do a small update, fix that, fix that, fix that, especially with the server settings, is probably because the engine doesn't deal with it properly. So a new engine and the fact that they a lot have, of these things. Yeah, and the fact that they have updated so much and constantly pushed out new content and <laughs> new ideas with that, it's probably actually pretty incredible that they've managed to even do what they have done, especially when you think about something like the new Tempest system and they're still running that on yep. an old, um, you know, old, That's it. old engine. So. Imagine it this way, right? You've seen our shipbox rally car, right? It's an old, rusty piece of crap. To hold that thing together, we're going to have to put duct tape over top of duct tape over top of duct everything. Every time something falls apart, we're going to put duct tape over it. So imagine having that car for 14 years with 14 things, 14 years worth of things going wrong with it, and you're just putting more duct tape over the top. You can't change the engine itself. You have to just keep on repairing it. This thing would be just a big ball of duct tape by the end of 14 years is what the engine for iRacing is probably looking like in the background right now. So this is big, not just for graphics. This is big for, like, DLSS, get that in there, please, somehow. I know they've got the, um, oh, what do they call it, whatever the um, latency part of, of NVIDIA is, uh, the reflex uh, technologies in there. I know AMD's got their DLS version in there. I just want the NVIDIA DLS version of this so we can get better frames consistently. And whether that's a, a rent, uh, engine problem or not, I don't know. 
but it makes games so much better on old PCs is or any PC that's got um, NVIDIA. So what uh, the 1080 or no, might have been the yeah from the 1080 series up, I think can use DLSS. So um, that is a huge addition that hopefully will slide in either soon or in that. Buzz, does any of that excite you? I, it does excite me, Wilco, and I I think credit to iRacing as well, just the amount of resources to be able to bring out something like Tempest as well as in the background creating a whole new rendering engine. It's just the resources to go into that's just would be mind-boggling for most of us to comprehend. So, um, yeah, how far down the track that'll be, who knows, but I think it, it could only make – our iRacing experience better and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to see what what that does for us as you mentioned what other things that it could help with and change for the future of iRacing because you know with this subscription-based thing it's it is a constant improvement year on year and I, I think some of the well for me anyway that the excitement comes from cool well what what could be the next possibility or what could be the next possibility and um iRacing's clearly committed to being the best that they can be in this sort of area and wanting to you know be groundbreaking in this area so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to seeing a whole new graphics engine and rendering engine and yeah it'll, it'll be pretty cool I think when we really sort of shut up shop on the podcast, um, Wilco, it was around about time when iRacing were acquiring acquiring all those smaller developers and bringing in a lot of new um, sort of small teams to help work on things. And I think we're really starting to see the mm. sort of the benefit of that and how much productivity and, and having these new, um, you know, a couple of indie developers that they brought on board and bought out how... Not only are they able to add to, you know, bringing out a console game here and there, but I think it's actually we're now seeing the benefits of how that's now benefiting iRacing itself, um, not just the sort of offside games that they've been bringing out. And look, I can guarantee you the engine they're building for NASCAR 25 is the engine we'll get. Um, I think that's it's not only the teams they've brought on, but it's these extra projects which we all went, oh, cool, that's not really something that excites us. Or, you know, NASCAR 25 actually excites me fairly much. Like, I'm keen to get a, a proper cool NASCAR game since first time since they did one so many decades ago now. But um, the fruits of that labor is also all this cool stuff that we're getting chucked into iRacing because they're working on it in the background. And, um, Someone is paying them to do it, and it's not us, which is win-win for us. But I'm trying to find the exact comment. The the one thing I want to, before we wrap it up, talk about is the fact that they they openly admit that they're talking about optimization. Uh, it's been a big focus um, and making the the game run better on older machines uh, currently. But the fact that the servers are running so much better than they used to, they call out the fact that. Um, Additionally, all regist- registrants for the 24 were processed and assigned to splits within mere seconds. When we were doing the podcast last time, Braden, we were talking about, oh, cool, these people couldn't get in, these people couldn't get out. It took minutes and or, or 10 minutes or whatever to get into a server at times, and it was all buggy as hell. How far have they come on that side of it? 
Yeah, I mean, that's all been to the eventual killing off of the website, really, of the website yes. UI. Um, that's obviously made a big difference. Pretty much since they've switched to making you only be able to register for special events through the UI, that's basically solved almost all problems. But they obviously made a very big point of saying with the Daytona 24 that, hey, this was our biggest event ever. And it was also the one that was processed the quickest um, as well, which is obviously obviously great for, for everyone. There's nothing worse than practicing for two, four, eight, whatever amount of weeks that you you and your team practice and then get left um, stuck at the, the entry door um, while everyone else drives off around Daytona for 24 hours. Yeah. No, I think it's been a, a very unsung thing. It's one of those things you don't talk about it anymore because it doesn't happen. And that is a huge thing that um, the, the, the a huge accomplishment, accomplishment for them anyway. So well done on that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff. I'm actually excited about iRacing again, um, which not to say I wasn't and I just didn't have time before, but I'm actually now forcibly, like someone asked me the other day, what am I playing at the moment? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm really back into iRacing. Um, I'm practicing more. I'm getting ready for this build because this build has been the one that we've been waiting for for so long. Uh, and the and the future looks so exciting. So, yeah, well done, iRacing, for getting us to where we are. Any final comments on any of the stuff we talked about tonight, Buzz? No, I, I think we've covered as much. Oh, well, the only the other thing, um, obviously, with future plans was the more GT3 cars. So oh, yeah. I'm pretty excited to see the because it was rumored that at the real daytona 24 they scanned the mustang and the corvette i'm looking forward to that corvette getting here so i'll um i can't wait for that to get here so that's really all all i've got to add for today we've covered a quite a bit of ground tonight because as we said this dev update was massive i think it took me three goes of reading it to get through all of it on three separate occasions but yes so yeah really looking forward to the next build and yeah can't wait to get out there and crash in the rain excellent Braden. any final comments no just like i think we really gotta hand it to iRacing like they've very clearly been working hard and like i said they cop a lot of a lot of slack and i you know, some things warranted, like, you know, there's nothing worse than copping a real filthy, dirty net code that ends your race. But, you know, these things happen. Um, don't talk to but, Timmy Corn about net code at all, please. Don't. <laughs> um, but, like, that, they are smashing it at the moment. And this this update just, you know, just proves that, you know, the fact that we're going to... The fact that... What was the car limit when we first started the puck? Was it six? Seven? And then went to eight? Might have been seven, yeah. Might have been seven, and now we're looking at you know early next fifteen. Uh, sorry, early this year, yeah, being up to fifteen, you know, different cars. Um, you know, that didn't even feel like it was feasible back when they were saying yeah. you know you could only have seven cars. Um, we it felt like it was never going to happen, and it, it doesn't feel like it's been a long time, but it doesn't feel like it's been anything too crazy. So, I just think yeah, it's awesome. I think the progression is just becoming quicker and quicker for them. And I know that sounds silly after waiting for rain for, you know, 35,000 years, but, you know, there seems to be more cars coming out, um, you know, more tracks in the process. You know, we didn't even talk about Spa getting rescanned um, as well. You know, there's two more tracks in England that they're heading off to scan um, soon as well that they haven't said what they are. So, you know, it's just nice to know um, 
that they're working hard. And I think the last few developer updates, um, the, the major ones have been a lot more open and um, given us a lot more insight as to what's going on probably than it was in previous years. It's hilarious. I've been looking for this comment about the optimization forever and a day. It's literally the line before the Australian stuff. Um, currently, 11 car series soon be bursting up to 12, 13, 14, 15 and more cars. We're well prepared for this work with the optimization team. They've got a. They've now got an optimization team. I was skeptical that they had that before. So they've definitely got one. Has investigated in improving performance, memory utilization, and multi-threading. Something that iRacing has never, ever, ever been good at before. So, um, yeah, that's that. That paragraph is actually my my most favorite one now that I've seen it's all in one paragraph. So. Um, thank you, iRacing, and let's let's look forward to season two, 2024, and what it brings in a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, they drop some news when I drop this podcast. Uh, so we've just wasted all this stuff, and there's even more stuff to talk about. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, uh, probably early March, to talk more about what happens in uh, season two. Uh, between now and then, I've got a couple of people that I will be talking to, so you get a couple shorter episodes with me and them just talking about different things that happen uh, between now and then or just general things in, in, in all. But if you've got any questions, uh, contact us at LockedOnLads.com. Hit us up on our Facebook, Locked On Lads. Uh, hit me up in one of my streams. We're doing Locked On Lads on all the different socials uh, that we're streaming a bit more at now. Uh, you can come in there and hit us up with a question if you got. And uh, thank you for being cool and coming back and listening to us again. Um, it's been good to be back and I think it's, a good time to be back so thank you Braden. thank you buzzer for joining me tonight and yeah like i said we'll be back in a couple of weeks time maybe with a squatty rankin hopefully joining us uh with just bad timing tonight otherwise he would have been here as well which meant it would have been a four-hour podcast not a 90-minute podcast uh unfortunately but look thank you everyone who's listening and we'll catch you next time 